Hello and welcome to Exploring Your Story with me, Rachel Payson. We're on our second week of the series that I begun last week, titled Four Things We Need to Hear. And as I explained last week, these four things are drawn from my experiences with my clients. These are four things that emerge consistently as deeply felt needs, things we need to know, things we need to hear. Last week, we spent time looking at needing to hear that you aren't broken. This week, I'm looking at you aren't alone as a statement we very often need to hear. Alone. That comes up so often when we are in pain, when we feel in great physical pain, we can almost close into ourselves. I don't know if you've spent time with anybody in pain or perhaps you yourself live with chronic pain. I have a joint condition and my family have sometimes observed that they can see the pain. When I feel I'm hiding it quite well, they say there's a change in my eyes, in my face, the way I hold my body. I close in on myself, focused intently on pain. It's as if a sort of mist descends and noises dull in my ears and my senses cloud over and all I can focus on is being on my own in my pain. It's so isolating. Emotional pain works very similarly. We can feel the only one who has ever felt this. And that can either contribute to, well, as we looked last week, to a sense of brokenness. I'm the alien. I'm the one that doesn't make sense because only I am going through this. Or we can feel isolated in that inability to connect because of shame, perhaps, about our feelings. You aren't alone is probably one of the most significant things communicated within the therapeutic relationship. If you're seeing a counsellor or you're contemplating seeing a counsellor, you will suspect or know that the relationship you have, the relationship you build, the connection that exists with your therapist is absolutely crucial to feeling safe enough to explore those uncomfortable places and uncomfortable feelings. We need connection. It's a basic need of our human experience to not feel 
alone. So what do I mean when I say you aren't alone? I don't mean by this statement to challenge the very real experience of isolation, the very real sense of distress we feel, especially if we have tried to share our story and have been met with outright rejection. That's real. What I mean though, is what I try and communicate with each and every one of my clients, which is as particular and specific as your experiences are, the feelings that you are going through are universal. They are feelings that can be connected to and probably have been connected to by many others in this world. We can get so focused, as I do when I'm in physical pain, so focused on the specific location of the pain, of the limitations that that pain brings that we feel completely warped and isolated and as if nobody would ever understand us, could ever understand us. Nobody has lived my life, nobody has gone through what I have gone through, so I am alone. I work with people who grew up moving around a lot, grew up moving between cultures in childhood, who developed a somewhat fluid sense of self and identity and particular challenges with that, that continue on into adult life. These people are called third culture kids frequently, other times global nomads, global citizens citizens of the world. I work with third culture kids because I am a third culture kid. I have not gone through the particular experiences of every one of my clients, but I've touched those feelings. And one of the phrases that I very often offer when I can sense or hear outright that sense of, I'm alone in this. Am I the only one who does this or who believes this or behaves this way? What is broken about me? I will very often offer, you are not the only weirdo in the room. It makes me smile to say that because that's often what happens in our sessions as well, so we just get the giggles. If they're alone, I'm alone with them. That sense of marginality that can develop because of the specific nature of our experiences can feel so isolating. Bennett, 
wrote about marginality and I drew a lot from his work in my thesis on third culture kids. He talks about the alienating potential of marginality and that's how we often think about it. We think about living on the edges, the destructiveness of it, the way it can encapsulate our identities and our experiences. And he talks about the choice that we make between an experience of marginality or aloneness, the encapsulation version, encapsulated marginality or constructive marginality. And my interpretation of these theories are that there is a third way between fitting in and being like everyone else being understood by everyone else and being alone. And that middle ground can be being alone together, being marginal together. I haven't yet met anyone who feels that they belong all of the time, that they are fully and truly understood by even the majority of people in their lives. If you are feeling alone today, you're not the only weirdo in the room. If you're alone, I'm alone with you. And I suspect you will have people in your life willing to be alone with you. We're built for connection. We're hardwired to reach out, to find those common experiences that bind us. If you don't feel that you have anyone in your life willing to sit with you in your aloneness today, to keep you company in your isolation or pain, then I'd invite you to consider all of the other people out there who are also alone, the strangers, if you will. If you have no community, who are the strangers? in your life. And how could their aloneness connect to yours? There are two particular transitions in my life that brought me face to face with a new sense of aloneness. One was when I became a single parent. It was a very difficult breakdown of marriage. I had a very young baby and I lost most of my friends. I lost most of my community 
either through outright rejection of me or through lack of understanding or fear. I felt very alone, both in experience and in real lived community, real lived situation. And then I found the other strangers that also felt those feelings. The internet, Facebook, social networking is so often blamed for a sense of alienation. And yet for me, it gave me hope and it gave me community because online, when I couldn't leave the house of an evening, when I was tied to my tiny child, I could reach people online. I could find communities of other single parents. I could find communities of people exploring life the way that fit this new world I was thrust into. Where I could find a home with other people searching for home. Other people looking for belonging. Another time where I have felt alone is in regards to my chronic condition. This is a condition, it's EDS hypermobility, and there will be a number of you that understand that condition all too intimately. But in my case, it presents confusedly, shall we say. One day I can take the stairs three at a time, and another, I move like an old woman. No disrespect to old women. But I want more time taking the stairs three at a time. In terms of my identity, that can be very confusing for people to interpret. Am I well and healthy and active? Or am I delicate and fragile and need a lot of rest and medication? What box can I be put in? Where do I belong? The aloneness is real. And yet, there are so many of us out there. All those strangers alone in the same ways I have been. How can we unstranger them? How can we use our stories and our experiences to connect rather than disconnect? How can our extraordinary, particular, unique circumstances align us with others? In short, how can we be marginals together? How can we be constructively marginal. There are a couple of websites I found when I was thinking about this particular show that might be a good starting point for those of you who feel very alone in terms of real human connection. Oddly, there are two websites differentiated by gender which is another interesting point. 
There's a website aimed at men, encouraging them to share their stories with each other. There's a blog, there's tips and techniques and suggestions and just a sense of community around men experiencing depression and anxiety and, and challenges with their mental health. It's called headsupguys.org and I'd encourage you to have a look. There's another website aimed at women called the you're not alone.com. The you're not alone.com. With its precise aim being to encourage discussion and story sharing again. The more we hear of other people's experiences, the more we realize we are not alone. And that is what your therapist will offer you too. When our stories are heard and accepted, they're not alienating anymore. When they are welcomed, they're not frightening. You're not the only weirdo in the room anymore. Why these websites, missions, are gender specific, I'm not sure. Perhaps we feel more comfortable or these organisations have found that we feel more comfortable sharing our stories within our own gender groups. I'm not sure that that's a universal experience and you may well find other groups that are more diverse. I'd encourage you, if you're on Facebook, to have a look at Facebook community groups, interest-specific groups. And of course, there'll be many groups online that you can dip into and real life groups in your community specifically designed to give you space to connect with each other. By showing up and sharing your story, you unstranger your world. You aren't alone. You're not alone in your experiences because as unique as you are, you share humanity with an awful lot of other people. And there will be core elements of those difficult places that feel like they hem you in in your story. Those places where the feelings of doubt and shame and failure just reverberate through. And so you build up those walls to protect them. But however those feelings came into your life, and however those difficult experiences showed up, there will be others out there who recognise those walls, who recognise those feelings that you feel you need to protect the world from seeing. It's a huge act of courage to, to share your story and it's worth doing it wisely with a sense of boundaries and proportion so that you're not left bleeding, wounded 
and hurt in your most fragile places. But it's worth exploring. And if you're not sure that you trust yourself yet to know who to share your story with, take your time. Take your story to a therapist. Take your story to your closest confidant. Your safest friend. Take your story to yourself. Are you a safe place to hear your own story? Do you alienate yourself from your own being? If so, start there. But hear this. You are not alone. You are not the only weirdo in the room. And you can go out and unstranger the world. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.